Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone and welcome to the News Grubs, the podcast for the thinking person. I'm Scotto and joining me as usual are AP and The Fish. Hi guys. We are the non-thinking person. Well, I like to think that, yes, that's true. Uh, this week we're taking a look at uh, new Dutch reach rule. Sounds bad, and why it could cost you a thousand euros if you stuff it up. Uh, edible insects, well, there's something to uh, get your teeth into. Why is it vital to clean your belly button? Mm-hmm. And Boris Johnson, well, let's face it, is he stuffed or not? But first... Why is there a massive plane travel problem in America? And what's it got to do with 5G? Well, you know, I'm a bit of a uh, 5G, uh, not expert. Oh, but, I thought you were going to say uh, conspiracy theorist then. Or botherer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 5G botherer. Right. Because I like reading stuff about 5G. Jeez, you have and an what's interesting, interesting about this is in America, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, um, the agency... The, uh, that assigns frequencies to organisations uh, and groups and so forth. The right? FCC. Correct. Yes. I didn't think I, I didn't think I had to mention that, but there you go. The FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, they assigned a particular five G band called the C band mm-hmm. uh, for use by telecommunication carriers like AT and T, Verizon, and all those uh, large carriers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, this particular band interferes with uh, electronic equipment that airplanes use. That basically. Uh, talks with the altimeter. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that tells you how high you are. Yeah, that's handy. And 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 when they turn on certain equipment at the airport, which is supposed to take information from the altimeter from the plane to help the plane land in really bad weather. Yes. Right. It, it, it's got the potential to interfere with the altimeter itself. It does indeed. So that's a bit scary when you think that the FCC would have done all their testing and had discussions with all the stakeholders to make sure that these things don't happen. Well, the question you've got to wonder is why in Europe and for most of the rest of the world, the 5G is in the 3.4 to 3.8 gigahertz region of the spectrum, but in America they've done 3.7 to 3.98, which is only just a smidgen mm. less than the radar altimeters. And I'm seeing, you know, planes... Um, like in uh, that wonderful Christmas movie um, with Bruce Willis, you know, uh, the second one, uh, where they take over the airport, um, Die Hard 2, I think it was called, uh, where they yes. change the, um, the thing and the plane smashes into the ground. That's kind of what we're looking at. But scary stuff. Why, is the, why did the um, FCC do it? And why has it taken so long? Like, literally, uh, planes are not flying to America at the moment. So if you're on a plane uh, on, a, yeah. on your way to America, uh, you're yeah. probably about to turn around and go, oh, no, nah, we're not going. Bugger it. And the problem is only in America, apparently. Yes. They are using the uh, the lower band. This is an additional band that's set to uh, supercharge the internet. Uh, oh. So wireless versions of the internet. But um, now uh, I know a little bit about antennas and so forth. That's true. You are our go-to person for this kind of technical detail. 
I feel that. Well, let me let me take you through one other small scenario quickly. Uh, okay. uh, you're the official antenna whisperer. Antenna Absolutely, whisperer. yeah. Hey, okay. Um, oh no, not that kind of whisper. No. Uh, I have um, uh, a recollection of when digital mobile phones, so GSM mobile, was introduced into Australia mm-hmm. uh, at about the uh, turn of the century. Yes. Year two thousand, maybe six eight months after that. Anyway. Uh, when someone picked up a uh, digital mobile phone with the old flashing green uh, heartbeat light to the uh, saying it was connected to the tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone picked one of those up and started using it with their hearing aid, all they got was the through their hearing aid. Oh. And the industry was much much like this. I mean, hearing aids are not mission critical. Like People don't fall out of the sky with Bruce Willis watching. True. Uh, their hearing aid picks up. However... Um, there was this stalemate. They call they use the same word, stalemate. And I was actually contacted by the telecommunications ombudsman. Oh, and told that uh, you know it'd be helpful as a manufacturer if I was to get involved. Uh, they gave me a couple of mobile phones from Optus, mm-hmm. uh, which were uh, actually pretty useless because uh, the coverage in my at my laboratory was non-existent. So, so that was fun. Uh, but what we worked out was that the uh, the hearing aid industry needed to introduce filtering into the microphones, which they did from that time on. Huh? Um, and because you've got to look at the real estate that the argument's about, and I think this translates nicely across to this current story. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile phones are all over the world. Yes. They're certainly not going to go away anytime soon. Airports are in a more limited space. True. So the antennas for the uh, airport radar can have what's called narrow band filtering installed. Oh. And I would say that uh, some enterprising uh, young chappy that makes uh, narrowband filters uh, is about to get a purchase order from somewhere. And that'll well, solve it, you I, reckon? Every airport in America followed closely probably by um, most airports in the world. Yeah, narrowband oh. filtering will be needed. Um, look, 5G is not... 5G, uh, there's, there's Fishy's aspect of uh, uh, where the FCC obviously haven't looked at this 100%. Somebody's uh, took their eye off the ball, didn't they? That's right. Uh, and uh, the the frequency alongside there, there's obviously a harmonic or something like that that's set to interfere with it. Um, the article doesn't mention any documented cases of, of genuine interference where, you know, there's been a mishap or even, even close to that. What they're uh, saying is there's potential for it. That's Well, that's good enough for me. I mean, if, you're, if I'm on a plane, I don't potentially want it to crash because of something like that. I'd just, you know, prefer it to crash for the normal reasons, you know, inability to fly, pilot fatigue, um, terrorism I mean, I, or something like I, that. I, I watched that Mythbusters episode where they tried to interfere with the navigation system of an aeroplane mm-hmm. by bringing all this gear on board, mobile phones and so forth, mm-hmm. yeah. because the whole thing was about, oh, you must have your phone switched off when the plane is uh, is flying, otherwise, uh, or, or in, or in uh, uh, aeroplane mode, whatever they call it, uh, or uh, it'll interfere with the navigation equipment. So they thought they'd put that to the test, and they just tried absolutely everything. They even turned up the power a, a little bit higher than normal to see if they could, and they couldn't even interfere with the navigation system. So it's on that point that AP just mentioned, it's the potential. And I don't think there was ever any evidence about uh, mobile phones interfering with navigation equipment. There was just the potential that they could interfere. And of course, uh, the airlines took the uh, the safe uh, place uh, to sit, and that was 
let's make sure people switch off their phones. Well, and probably best. I mean, it's more likely all the um, the worry of you know not putting a tray table up is probably more likely to cause the plane to crash. Very dangerous. Uh, well, that's, oh, that's not wearing your G-string mask the right way around. Oh, that's but, another option as well. Yes. The uh, Fishy and I are veterans of air crash investigations. We've watched every episode, every series, several times over. Would that be right, Fishy? Yeah, that's exactly. And yeah. uh, radio interference has never scored a mention in any episode ever. Yeah. So, right. uh, it, as you say, it's the potential for it, but uh, they're going to need to modify their uh, antenna filtering uh, at the airfields, and that will sort it out. Just like putting a teeny little capacitor in every hearing aid microphone at you know back at the manufacturer's stage, um, solved the problem of GSM phones and hearing aids, which was you know this insurmountable you know, problem back in the year 2000 and it's all gone. It's a distant memory. Who's for cricket, fellas? I, I don't mean sport. No, I, I'm wondering if you'd like a bowl of crispy crickets. What? what? Instead of what, a, a, a plate of CCs or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an alternative. Crickets in what universe? Uh, crickets have the same amount of protein when they're dried up, powdered, and formed into what looks like a sirloin steak. Oh, that's all right. I was beginning have to get worried. Have the same amount of protein as meat. Right, and, and is is being looked at particularly by some Japanese manufacturers, twenty six of them no less, Ooh. as of the date of this story, to be farmed and consumed as a, a new type of food. Now, what do you think about that? I think it's well, a stupid idea. I I know the Japanese are trying to get the uh, best use out of their space. You know, the, everything's small in Japan, isn't it? Their cars are small. Yes. Their apartments are small. Tiny. Their, their people beds are small. Are small. Obviously, now they're concentrating on small meals. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair and reasonable. Mind you, they also do uh, eat some, uh, well, interesting things like whale, for argument's sake, um, seaweed. Uh, so I'm not sure, but I, I'm just not sure though that I want to have um, go to the restaurant and um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, T-bone of cricket. Thanks very much. Well, uh, it's me, not going to be much of a feed, is it? Back no. down story a no. bit more for you. Increasing number of businesses are getting into edible insect farming as bugs draw more and more attention as a sustainable food source. Uh, the trend was originally aimed at bringing an unusual delicacy to dinner tables, but it's now being buoyed by the lower environmental costs of bug culturing yeah. compared to animal husbandry. Oh, yes, I, I've always had concerned. a problem. Always had a problem with that word. The, the two words, animal, together with husband. Husband. Well, I can see you've got a problem with it. Yes, <laughs> trouble saying it and trouble understanding yeah. why they would use such a term. Um, and uh, I'll just check with my wife. Takeo, <laughs> <laughs> who's being interviewed, began selling domestically raised insects in 2019, and bug products from nine farmers are now available at the store. I suppose when you think about it, that sort of it is quite sustainable because you just pop out into the garden um, and uh, dig up a few bugs, or, or you know, get your fly swatter out. You probably, um, you know, in my house, I could just. I could you know, feed millions of people on the cockroaches that you run can, around you my house. You could get yourself a bowl of afternoon tea, could you, just from a few minutes' concerted effort. Oh, um, without any trouble now, at all. It gets it gets worse. Larvae of crickets, Ooh. silkworms, and black soldier flies. 
are becoming high-profile foods these days. Really? Really? The insects really? can replace beef, pork and other kinds of meat, which are expected to fall into short supply in the future due to the world's growing population. But isn't there an issue about uh, health and safety because there's no regulations apparently in place to uh, look after that aspect of it? Oh, give it time. Give it well, time. There is, they formed a committee uh, made up of people from the um, animal husbandry side of things, which would be concerning fishy greatly again. <laughs> Tremendously. Um, to look at the... Uh, to look at a set of regulations and uh, uh, and uh, health and safety. I suppose one thing about it is, though, that they're, they're at least talking about grinding them up and making them uh, look like a porterhouse steak or something like that. I've yeah. been oh, to the uh, street in lo- China. Lo- like the like what they're doing with plant-based foods. Yeah, well, that's just stupid. Um, but I've been to the street in, uh, in Beijing um, uh, and where they have every possible combination of insects you can imagine, and a variety okay. of other things, all in these little um, stands and usually on little tiny sticks. Most of them have been deep fried in a wok of oil or something like that, and you just, you know, you walk along and you pick, oh, that looks a bit of all right. Uh, okay. Larvae of um, silkworm, beautiful. Oh, yeah, I'll have, uh, I'll have a half kilo of that, thanks very much. Uh, and you just go along and snap them up, and um, obviously and I didn't need anything there. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, and did you? No, God, no. Why the hell would I? I just had Peking duck. No, absolutely. It, 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 question. It, it's got it's got uh, stomach poisoning or food poisoning written all over it, hasn't it? Oh well, to you know, to we Westerners it does, but the uh, the Chinese they just love it to death. I've, I've got one more concern before oh. we close the story. Okay. Now, remember the old uh, uh, Bible or biblical uh, concept of the um, the storm, a uh, plague of locusts and things like oh, that. Oh, yep, yep. What if these people stockpile their insects? Yes. Put them in big hot air balloons, float them over the world, and, and uh, eradicate uh, eradicate crops. They could release these. I'm look, I'm thinking conspiracy theory, which I don't. Germ warfare, do. except bug yeah, warfare. They, they, if these people are uh, becoming this proficient and yeah, right. at producing plague level uh, insects, couldn't couldn't there be a problem uh, similar to one we've seen in Wuhan right. in recent years? Where they get out, someone leaves the door open. Mm-hmm. They go and get rid of about you know three three years worth of uh, you know wheat fields and things like that in about thirty five minutes because they're pretty hungry. They are. They're yeah, hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think you know, I know. So biosecurity. I know you're talking about uh, Fishy had some concerns about um, industry standards for hygiene, yes, these and things like that, and they're looking at that. But are they looking at the actual biosecurity hazard of this edible insect farming? Uh, the uh, insects getting loose and and wiping out what they're already saying is precious, precious food stores in the world. Yeah, but we can cover that one off because you remember the uh, movie Starship Troopers. They hated oh, bugs. They just you know they'd go around and they just kill bugs. We got to kill some bugs. So they'll just invent some, you know, get out a big uh, bunch of those uh, dudes and um, go around and kill all the bugs. Dutch reach. Probably not familiar with the term, I'm thinking, gentlemen. Not, not reach around, just reach. Yeah, no, d- uh, not reach around. No, this is a, um, a road safety thing, not a sexual oh, thing. sorry. Got it, got it. Now, there's a new highway code in the Netherlands. Uh, we used to call that Holland, uh, but you're not allowed to call that anymore, where Dutch drivers can be fined 1,000 pounds, sorry, euros, for opening the car door with the wrong hand. Think about oh, that for a second. Really? 
you normally, you know, whatever hand is closest to the door, you just reach over, you pop that uh, little handle and you fling the door open and jump out of the car, don't you? Oh, no. Yeah, you do. That's what you normally do. That's what you normally do. Well, not in the new mega highway code of the Netherlands because that is now illegal. You have to use your other hand. Now, why, you might ask? Sorry, I thought uh, you were going to ask why. Uh, why? I'll tell you why. Uh, can I Can I ask why? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, because as you lean across to open it with the other hand, you instinctive, instinctively sort of turn your body a little bit and therefore out of the corner of your eye, you will see some lunatic on a push bike racing it towards you and you will be able to not open your door and fling the um, pedestrian, the cyclist or, off, crashing into the ground and possibly or, die. Or time the opening of the door better. Or time, yeah, time the opening of the door better, yes. So the point. whole thing's designed around uh, uh, posturing the person so they could see a cyclist yes. before you open the door. Correct. Why don't they just fine you for not or for opening your door prematurely without checking first for the, for the cyclist. Because you've got to remember that we're in the Netherlands and almost no one drives a car, almost everyone rides a bike. So they have to penalise the car drivers, not the bike riders. It was coined, <coughs> pardon me, by a retired physician, Michael Charney, who launched a website to help spread the word of the technique after hearing the death of a local 27-year-old nursing student who had been hit by a car door. And it's a fairly common thing. Um, uh, around 85% yeah, yeah, yeah. of the 10,000 people asked uh, were unaware what Dutch reach is, but when they were informed, they said, oh, wow, that makes actually a lot of sense. Uh, so um, that's the whole point behind it, to save cyclists and not see them, uh, well, break and smash your door, frankly, and get blood all over your door. You don't want that. I don't know about all this. I mean, it's sort of a nanny state reaction to me. Well, it is the Netherlands. They're asking for, they're asking people to modify their their behaviour. It's intuitive that you open your door with your hand that's closest to the door handle. Well, that's the whole point. Now we've got to try and get rid of that. In the case of uh, a Jensen owner, uh, which technically, oh, technically I am, but I haven't got one yet. Right. Um, But you did have one. But when I when I, when the new one arrives, yes, uh, you put your hand down between the door card and the armrest, and oh. you grasp. You leave your thumb on the on the armrest, and you grasp the uh, door opening handle, which is shaped just for the job. Right. Typical Jensen design. Yeah, complicated. <laughs> it's like complicated. And you push it open with your left elbow. It, if you <laughs> if you reach around with your right hand. And try and squeeze it, you can't open the door. I'm guessing the Jensen's aren't going to be tremendously popular in the Netherlands. I'd like possibly to for this very reason. No, there's a, there's a, I, I know uh, Han Kemp. Hello, Han, if you're listening. Um, he's a he's a Jensen owner from the Netherlands. There's a very strong club over there. I can I can see a court case looming because Jensen owners are d- decidedly eccentric. <laughs> well, that's so true. I mean, we've only really got to look at you. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I reckon there's going to be problems with this because you cannot physically open the bloody door. You'd have to, I don't know, you have to wind down the window and try and open it from the outside or something. And oh, it yeah. looks like driving a derelict vehicle. The cops will pull you over and give you an infringement notice for an unroadworthy car. Oh, how controversial then. Well, there it is, boys and girls. It's just, just too, too much. Oh, sorry. Yes, for I was sure. just going to just say, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, you, you know, in the uh, the older VW Beetles, yes. the little, uh, there's a word for these, the little uh, thing that pops out 
uh, on, on, I think on the A pillar mm-hmm. of the uh, of the of the oh, frame for the um, indicator. Okay. The indicator with the little light in it. Yes. They should build cars in the Netherlands like that, just to signal to the cyclists that the door's about to open. I think the problem with that is it uh, traditionally decapitated a vast number of cyclists. No. I'm sure it did as they smacked into the side and that just took their heads clean off because it was designed to be at the exact height of a uh, cyclist on a – or head of a cyclist. I'll just rule that out of my list. Hakey-dakey. I think that's probably best. Now, gentlemen, you might recall uh, some time ago, uh, we on another program were um, commentating on the death of Prince Philip and the funeral uh, service to wit, uh, where we did make comment on the fact that Her Majesty the Queen was sitting there all by herself in the uh, Abbey, Uh, very unhappy, of course, for obvious reasons. Um, But did you know that at the same time, virtually, that Boris Johnson and a whole multitude of young hippie kind of people from number 10 were out the back getting pissed and having a party. Oh, yes, I do know now. Yes, well, that hasn't gone well. Now, they tried to keep it secret, but that didn't go well because you can't keep anything secret at number 10. Uh, It turns out they had a couple of parties, um, in fact, and as a result of that, because they were all in COVID lockdown, so you're not supposed to be gathering and Boris is out there sucking down beers and all the other people at number 10, and he claimed it was going to be a work, or it was a work function, and he was only there for a few minutes and therefore it didn't breach uh, the um, uh, regulations per se. He subsequently apologised to Parliament uh, and said he'll um, do better in the future. Oh, hang on, can I just pause you there? Yes. When are these politicians going to understand that you just can't just say, oh, I apologise for that indiscretion, it won't happen again, and think you can be absolved for the whole thing? Well, why wouldn't it work for them? It works for everyone else. Anyone no, else that makes a comment on Twitter or anything, they go, oh, sorry. It shouldn't really work something. for anyone else because they know better to begin with. Well, and they yes. and they think it's a free pass by going. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, yes, it was terrible what I said. That won't happen again. And then and then it does happen again, doesn't it? Well, constantly. And and we, the public, just don't seem to worry too much about it. No, but they do in England, and it's a uproar in Parliament. And um, in in fact, it's getting to the oh, pardon me to the stage now, where Boris Johnson's leadership is in question. As a result of Partygate. I think it's more than in question. I think it's in doubt. Uh, No, I see. I'm going to pull you up on that because uh, the Foreign Secretary, uh, Elizabeth Truss, who is currently in Australia, I might mention, has uh, expressed that uh, her complete undenying um, loyalty and support of Boris Johnson, he's doing an excellent job. Well, that means he's virtually completely gone. Yeah, he gone on Monday, no <laughs> doubt about it. The second that everyone goes, oh, no, I support him 100%, he's gone, aren't when, they? They're always gone. He was, when he was partying on England, uh, for those in the rest of the world, England was in what's called Tier 3 restrictions. It was work from home. It was forbidden to socialise either outdoors or in a private garden. Pubs and restaurants were shut. Uh, and um, during that time, apparently, the cramped corridors and offices of Number 10, Downing Street, had apparently rung with the hilarity of a Christmas quiz event. Oh, how nice. Uh, the day after, uh, there was another party. The week after that, another party with dozens of staffers in attendance. 
uh, Secret Santa gifts being exchanged. So the COVID, you know, hanging around each gift as it was handed around. Oh, absolutely out of control. Christmas themed sweaters were worn. So I think anyone who says they haven't gone much effort. And apparently there was also another quote, not not from the article I'm reading from now, saying that someone was sent out to get a suitcase of wine. Oh, as you would. So they'd run out. As you do. And, and don't forget that it happened during the mourning period of Prince, uh, Prince oh, Philip. Yeah. That's why Prince I mentioned Philip's it at the um, at the yeah. top of the um, the piece because yeah. um, you know they were barely able to have the funeral. So it was it was disrespectful. Disrespect, disrespectful. We have a word in on, English similar to that you might find useful <laughs> on many levels, but particularly to Her Majesty. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that she wasn't happy about it. Uh, but you've got to say that Boris is in a spot of bother. Now, he's not your favourite person in the world, is he, Fishy? No, he's a clown. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Oh, that's a yes. You're not vacillating here, are you? No, you're listen, just... all, that, all that's missing are the big shoes. Right. Because <laughs> he's got the big hair, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And a, and a red nose big. a lot of the time. That's too. true, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't uh, look good for him. He's in a spot of bother about it all, isn't he? And really, I mean, what's going on with... Uh, UK Prime Ministers at the same time mm-hmm. uh, the former Prime Minister of the UK Tony Blair is oh, in a bit of no. strife because he as you know has been knighted by the Queen uh, he's uh, he received the uh, uh, he was made a knight of the companion of the most noble order of the Garter which is the oldest that's the big and, one and, yeah, and most senior British order of chivalry yes um, in the New Year's Honours list, and people are in uproar. I think the last time I saw, one million people had signed a petition for, for him to, uh, for it to be revoked. I don't know whether he yeah. can actually revoke a, uh, an order of the Garter, because um, as I, I say, that's the, that's the really big one. I think the Queen can, can take it back. I mean, look what she's done with her own son. Oh, yeah, good point. I forgot about that. So uh, I think she can take it back, but will she... I'm not sure I mean, that she will. She probably won't. She won't because um, obviously she's thought it through. She's considered everything that was avail- available to her at the time before uh, she makes the decision. Ultimately, it's her decision. Because the Order of the and, Garter is, sorry to interrupt you, I think the Order of the Garter is actually at the Sovereign's uh, discretion. I don't think it's necessarily um, put to her by... The current Prime Minister, i.e. Boris, who's a bit busy getting pissed at his own house. Um, I'm, that's my understanding, that the Order of the right. Garter is... There you go. Um, the Queen sort of wakes up one morning and goes, Oh, I think I'll knight Tony Blair. I might be able but to if, chop his head if, off. If she's, if she's confronted with uh, one million signatures on a petition, it will concern her. Oh, I should be... Well, yeah. Well, it would take her mind off um, her other problems, of which she has yeah. many, I suppose. But yeah, it doesn't look good. Sixty-seven different kinds of bacteria, fishy, Scotto. Uh, yeah, be found in your belly button. Ooh. I reckon I've got all sixty-seven. <laughs> I reckon I've probably got double that. Have you already got your little petri dishes out? Have you? Oh, I don't even want to start that one. Button, button. Anyway, um, cleaning your belly button on a regular basis is an absolute must, according to this article. Most belly buttons have crevices that can collect dirt, breed bacteria. One woman found out in the hard way when she offered her help to help her husband 
clean his after he revealed it was starting to hurt. Geez, isn't that a um, you know great advertisement for marriage? You've got to help it, your husband yeah, clean his belly yeah. button. Yeah, get over here, clean my belly button. Oh, the wife was left horrified when she started digging and digging in his belly button before she eventually pulled something out. Any idea what it was? It doesn't uh, say in the article, does it? No, and no, I'm glad, really. Uh, apparently, uh, you can develop what's called a black stone. Oh. Um, so... Um, they're, they're uh, like doc- tiny little pebbles, aren't they? That's right. Dr. Karen Rajan explained that if someone develops white, brown, or yellow discharge, which seeps from their belly button, <laughs> likely there's an infection brewing in there. Oh, well, you I'm, think? I've yeah, got yeah, all that. <laughs> you think? Uh, the doctor who posts uh, on uh, you know social media also told uh, uh, users of the uh, platform that if someone refuses to wash their belly button in the shower... I don't know. What do you? How do you refuse? Someone, someone comes over the speaker in your shower and says, "Don't forget the belly button." And, he, and they go, "No, I refuse." I'm <laughs> actually strangely, just having a dig in mine now. It's not pretty. A strangely uh, written article, if you ask me. Yeah. All flesh holes can build up with sweat, dead skin cells, oils, clothing fabric, bacteria, and forbidden cheese. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. Now, if Fishy had a problem with, uh, what was the term earlier that he had a problem with? Uh, animal husbandry. Uh, animal husbandry. What sort of problems have you got, Fishy, with the term forbidden cheese, as far as body parts goes? Extreme. Uh, and, and the worst part is that, you know, there's many cheeses that uh, do appear on the on the uh, human body, as we have discussed at other times in other shows. Uh, but uh, belly button cheese is not one of them that's no. ever sprung to my mind before. If you don't wash your belly button on a regular basis, this material can accumulate and harden into an omphatholith. Or a belly button stone. So referred to as a belly button stone. Now, can I I just mention this, that uh, since we've uh, had COVID now for two years... Yes. uh, It hasn't been really necessary for me to get dressed up to go to work. Right. right? Oh, I don't know where this is heading. (laughs) I just do all the work at home. I do all the radio stuff at home. It's all it's all done electronically. It's, right. it's quite convenient. Right. So I, I basically don't haven't wear, had a shower in two years. <laughs> no, I have a shower, but I I, I don't wear a a, a shirt and a, and a and a jacket and a tie and uh, also a singlet underneath right. all of that. Right. And I used to get a lot of belly button fluff because I believe now of the clothing I was wearing that was obviously rubbing on my stomach as I'm walking, as I'm sitting down, as I get up and I stand up. It's just constantly rubbing and it's creating fluff. Mm. Uh, now I haven't got any of that. Well, there's there's a, a valuable lesson to be learned there. Yeah. Now, if I allowed the fluff to build up, I, I'm just thinking about it now out loud. Yes. I could have potentially started a new career Yes. As uh, in the fabric or the rag trade, right. and, yes. and and actually connected the fluff from my belly button into one of those weaving machines, right? Yes, and made made cloth, made you could have linen. Just, you could have just sat there in your chair, and the 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 thread would have gone from your belly button to the spool on the yes. machine, and you could yes. have filled up forty or fifty spools a day. And then yes. he, he makes a singlet out of that. Yes, and then where's and then it, it begins, again? And then it begins to divest itself back into his belly button again. It's recycling. It's fantastic. Oh, I mean, it's the it modern world, you get, all your, you get all your friends to line up as well, so you've got different types of uh, textures and <laughs> colours, textures, all the rest. <laughs> and if you're lucky, yes, you can get the royal warrant and supply the queen. Oh, well, she'd have a very clean belly button, I would imagine. She'd have somebody to clean it for her. 
So she'd probably be very excited to be able to have belly button um, material to uh, make the new robes out of, I would think. Well, wasn't that a pleasant story? God's truth. Anyway, <laughs> well, what another strange week it's been in the world, everyone. It's, and I think, I think that story kind of says it all. Anyway, we'll be back next week with more in-depth analysis of news stories from around the globe. Well, or if you're a flat earther from across the globe. Uh, but, and remember to, um, to subscribe to your favourite podcast site uh, so that you get all of our latest episodes. And, um, oh, by the way, why not tell your friends all about it as well? Um, so we'll see you next week, everyone. Say goodbye, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening to The News Grubs. We'll be back next week. Thank you.